At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Hello, all you beautiful souls out there. Thank you for joining me again. After a wonderful episode, our last one talking about psychedelics, what better thing to do than talk more about psychedelics today? (laughs) This time we're crossing the pond way on over, and for the first time ever, we're talking to somebody in the Netherlands. Coming to me live from Amsterdam right now, Luke Van Puglia. Luke, thank you so much for joining me today, brother. Hey man, it's my pleasure. Proud to be the first. Yeah, you are. So let's uh, let's get that audience growing in the Netherlands. I love Amsterdam. It's such a fun city. It's uh, just got so much flavor and it, it, interesting. I love walking around those streets. And um, at the time, it was just uh, Amsterdam where marijuana was legal. Now the entire country of Canada it's legal. We're we're good to go. Um, actually, let's start there. Psychedelics are psychedelics legal in um, in the Netherlands? In the Netherlands, well, cannabis is not legal. It isn't legal. It's just no, not enforced. It is, it, it is uh, in a unique Dutch way. It is uh, decriminalized uh, at the front door, but the back door is still illegal. <laughs> so, so all cultivation is uh, is uh, dealt with with heavy, heavy penalties. And until 2008, uh, the mushroom, the, the psilocybin mushroom, was legal in the, the Netherlands. Uh, then the law changed, but uh, they didn't define it or stretch it all the way to uh, the truffle, which is technically not the mushroom. And therefore, uh, the cultivation and use and possession of the truffle uh, is legal. And it's categorized as a uh, as food, and it has an EU food safety uh, certification. Although the Dutch tax office uh, sees it differently, and they they don't tax it as food. So I was not aware so, that there were truffles with psilocybin. Yeah, that's what we use uh, in our work. And uh, that's what we guide. So what we do, we define as the psychological guidance of psychedelic experiences. Um, And um, yeah, we get the truffles donated. And uh, we, uh, yeah, we get introduced to clients online in calls like this. And then uh, we uh, have an intro call. We we, uh, mostly ask, uh, how can we help? And then uh, mostly <laughs> there is a long story, and then we describe what we do, and then we see if it's uh, if it's something that uh, would be safe for people to do, and then we proceed uh, in a process uh, for the preparation, and that involves uh, you know vetting people uh, medically as well, and um, because this whole process is uh, uh, revolves around safety. And so what would music- what would make something unsafe, Luke? Well, what people underestimate is the immensity of the experience. You know, this is something that is hard to digest. And, and uh, yeah, people describe it as feel, f- feeling more real than this reality. 
So that's why it's very convincing, whatever you tend to see there. You know, that's why we're called psychedelic insights. Uh, seems to affect your moral compass or the way uh, in which you can compassionately view yourself. Changes how? So tell me about the moral compass. What would change there? Um, well, there's a lot of science out there now. And, and there's a lot of so-called ailments uh, or health issues that are researched and the most common thing is for the results to be uh, rather positive uh, and there's always cautions for health or early conclusions etc um, but apparently it's very positive uh, it's maybe also a little bit overhyped but at the same time they these have a rich uh, history uh, in our culture and in many cultures and so they used to be called mind-expanding uh, drugs. <laughs> and um, in the cultures they were used, they were also uh, about insights that had to do with, with the afterlife. And what is also a part of, 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 of the psychedelic experience can be the so-called mystical experience. You know, this can be described as, uh, it may not be a nice word, but can feel like a religious experience. You know, so uh, if you have people that have these type of experiences, uh, it can in fact be very healing, you know, uh, to see yourself in a different light or, or your pain and your trauma. Uh, and then taking that back into your normal world, uh, yeah, that, that, that takes therapy, you know, to keep yourself... Uh, on the right track and not fall back into old habits. And uh, so this is the, the type of service that we, uh, we provide. And your own personal experience that you've had with psychedelics, yeah. what have you benefited? Uh, tell me about your experience and the change within you. How did you change because of uh, the psychedelics? Um, well, I spent four years in, a, in the uh, Dutch uh, Marine Corps. Uh, you know, I was uh, doing multiple Arctic trainings in the polar circle, mountain training in the Alps, uh, jungle trainings in Belize. I lived in the Caribbean, went all over, did the French commando training there, went to Iraq in 91. Uh, it was a busy time. Uh, and I tend to think the older I get, the more I realize how that period of my life had uh, inflicted my, uh, let's say, neurology, my, 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 my habits. Um, and it's all a conditioning. And um, it's a conditioning that saves lives, you know, when you're in the military. Uh, but but in, a, in a much more dynamic, fluid uh social, emotional circumstance of daily life, that rigid uh, type, black, white, yes, no, uh, stop, go uh, attitudes, you know, or just tell me what to do, uh, may not work so well, especially in conflicts, if that is all we can, can fall back on, you know, so... 
I think it is more more self awareness and more consciousness on on how your own neurology works. You know that is mostly a first step that people become aware of. And then you know it's also about feeling the discomfort of your own pain because most of these things are also coping mechanisms and defensive mechanisms. You know you step on people's toes. You have a you know a short fuse. Uh, it can be a little impatient. You know or uh, yeah, uh, we, we yeah, short temper, that sort of thing, and it is really a lack of of inner inner peace. You know, it's a restlessness, and when you're in these types of altered states of consciousness, you can really see the mechanisms of it more or less. You know, you can only describe these things in 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 metaphorically. And then, yeah, you can change your perspectives on 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 the uh, on the events you know that shaped you, and and also the concepts that you hold dear to the devil the devil you know you know that you're not about to let go, you know. So, and this also has to do with identification, you know, especially for the military, you know, we we because we still love love uh, the knife that cut us. You know, and uh, we take pride in it as well. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. And so it's uh, it's 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 a it's a complex mix, you know, to navigate all these emotions. You know, it's a it's a brotherhood, and it's a loss of brotherhood. You know, coming back, and everyone feels isolated. You know, so what ten- people tend to say when they are coming down from these experiences, especially uh, military guys is that they feel connected again. You know, so like one guy specifically, you know, literally his words, you know, so we went outside, sat, sat in a chair in the garden, you know, for three hours, you know. And then, uh, yeah, he, he came back because uh, normally he would have an itch, you know, to, to get his mobile after uh, 10 seconds. You know, he has never felt so connected. And for him, you know, this, this, this for instance, didn't, uh, cure anything per se, but it was a first step, you know, for, for, for more awareness into his mental condition to proceed, you know, also seek professional help. And so in the press and, and, and uh, yeah, because of a lot of research and also because more people uh, become aware of it and veterans that have used it speak out and a lot of famous, famous veterans also in the Netherlands have used psychedelics. They're not all vocal about it, but uh, you know they tend to share it with me, <laughs> and uh, they 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 are doing an excellent job uh, representing you know the armed forces, but also stand up for 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 the predicament of, of many veterans, you know, because 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 no one's waving flags on the way back, you know, and we we no one teaches you to navigate this big leap, you know, from from sometimes in you know, 90% boredom and 10% insanity and then come back and, you know, feel connected to your family again, you know, let alone yourself. You're all conditioned to just do the job, you know, and get it over with. And that, uh, yeah, so that, that, that takes, that takes a lot of, uh, therapy and, and deep insights, you know, to, to carry that back and then reshape your thinking. So, in the summer of uh, 21, in September, we uh, organized a veteran retreat uh, in the forest 
in nature. Uh, and we had nine veterans there. And actually, a couple were also still active duty. I think uh, I think we're, we're at least six, seven special forces guys. One was female army, and um, yeah, we had our protocol developed for 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 this retreat, and we uh, invited an observational study from the University of Leiden done by a neurologist, uh, Luisa uh, Protiskova, and um, to measure uh, mental resilience and the quality of life. So we wanted to refrain from doing any medical research, you know, because we're the baker and we're testing our own bread, you know. So uh, well, we, we, we got over hype it, but we do want to have objective uh, results done on what we do uh, because no, no psychiatrist or, or doctor, you know, learns about psychedelics. Maybe now there are workshops, you know. Uh, it's definitely so not part of the regular medical training. Exactly, exactly. So, so you have scientists that do all the science, you know, and they and they and they research all the other science. So it's there's always uh, uh, positive notes and a lot of caution. You know, and they are both equally valid. So uh, we've done almost uh, 300 clients with high dose experiences. And yeah, if you do the screening right, and 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 and, and you you recognize the red flags, uh, then what, you can keep people. What would people some safe. of those What would some of those red flags be, Luke? Yeah, uh, the, the general contraindications uh, were uh, psychosis in the bloodline, uh, personality disorder, uh, bipolar disorder, and and SSRI medication could be an issue, although recent uh, research has established that it need not be, although we, we, we haven't embraced that yet. For us, it's also a contraindication. Uh, so, so, and when when someone's taking medication, yeah, we double check it. With we have that, we have the client double check it. But we always also have to rely on what the clients tell us. Uh, and we have uh, two psychiatrists that uh, that advise us on on, on medications uh, and and the, and the safety. You know, and they are also experts at at, at psychedelics. So all we do is try to keep people safe. A lot of people come our way thinking it can be a magic bullet. Uh, not so much veterans, I must say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, of this retreat, we, we're making a documentary. Uh, next week is the last shooting day. Uh, but the teaser is already out. It's, it's on the website of uh, psychedelicwarriors.com. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a, actually a friend of mine, a veteran, uh, who was attesting to the fact that, you know, actually, you know, psychedelics scared him a little, you know, he didn't really feel that, that, that anxious about, uh, about doing it. Uh, yeah, the result uh, was also quite uh, dramatic, uh, also in the way of him processing a lot of grief, uh, but also coming to the insight of his own role in it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it involved a divorce, you know, uh, and not a nice one, 
where he also, you know, there was a lot of hate. But he saw his own role in, in, the, in, that, in that relationship, and he also felt compassion for her. You know, so, so this was something that would have normally taken a few talk, talking therapy sessions <laughs> to get to. Well, more uh, than a few. Uh, I mean, people say again and again, yeah. and, I, and I agree that a proper session of just one session of psilocybin done right is, can be the equivalent of three, four, five years of therapy. And, and yeah. I have found that through personal experience firsthand and secondhand through anecdotally that that seems to be the case because the point of therapy is to create that connection. You, you spoke very eloquently about disconnection and, and that is the pain that the injury of PTSD is the disconnection from yourself, disconnection from society, disconnection from your moral compass, disconnection from a sense of um, how the rest of the world works. And that disconnection uh, is the pain because you don't fit. Everybody wants to be a part of a tribe, to, to know that they fit somewhere. And when you feel that you don't fit, that is the pain and brings on the depression. And it's, it's a rough go. But uh, through just a single psilocybin experience, that connection can come back and the other part of it, too, is that if you're suffering from depression and anxiety, I have personally found an immediate uh, respite that can last for months just off of one big dose. What, what are your thoughts on, uh, instead of just doing a necessarily a big psychedelic dose, there's lots of people where that's just too much. Uh, they're they're yeah. not they're not willing to try to yeah. it's just too scary for them and that's understandable. Yeah. What's your thought on microdosing where you have no hallucinogenic effect whatsoever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, look the the science doesn't uh, corroborate it. It says it's no different than the placebo effect. Uh, but uh, you know, in the defense of microdosing, it's called micro. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm working with uh, yeah, the producer of uh, of uh, most of the truffles uh, out there. You know, they're done by this uh, 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 by this company is called uh, uh, Fresh Mushrooms, and they're a wholesaler. And uh, they uh, what was my point? I deviated. Well, I was asking about uh, microdosing. Yeah, so they actually do the do the sell the, the microdosing packets uh, to other companies that sell them via the shops, you know, or white labels. And uh, yeah, they've they've seen their business doubled uh, in the past year. And uh, I think that's become because of the awareness of psychedelics, um, and uh, because. If if it if you if you want to stop you just stop, you know there's there's no side effects there just are effects, and and uh, on a neurological level you know those those effects are neuroplasticity, which means you can escape rigid thinking you know like the highways in your mind that you use all the time, you know that you're pretty much stuck in you know like a trench, uh, and you can escape those you can think more dynamically you know and and for me personally. My experience is that I have less 
sort of friction or resistance to uh, doing chores that I'm not uh, looking forward to, you know, like uh, a lot of office work or financial stuff or uh, looking at 60 emails or something like this, you know. So then I'm just more in the flow, you know, I'm just doing it. And uh, then you can look back, you know, on a, yeah, on a good day. And, um, and it also affects people in a different way. And I think it's because it somehow rebalances people. So some people tend to become more tired, you know, I think because they might need rest and some people have become more active, uh, but everyone has to find their sweet spot. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's a natural product. It's, uh, and it works differently not not per dose but you know per brain you know so it's uh, it's an experiment and there's a lot of coaches out there that uh, provide uh, excellent services to uh, to guide these experiences because some people or a lot of people feel feel nothing uh, even if they increase the dose and you're with microdosing you're not supposed to feel something but then you can look back on the change day you know how you interact with people more openly or more in a hurry, you know, these are these subtle changes that you get with microdosing. You get micro effects, but they have an effect. So the people that are scared of doing a big psychedelic journey to go all the way, jump all the way in the water, um, yeah. can it kill you? Can you die from an overdose of, of psilocybin? Is it, has it ever happened uh, no, that you no, know of? No, I don't think, I don't think uh, that is the case, uh, but you know, the things with psilocybin, even though it's medically safe, uh, it's all about your psychology, you know, because it it will affect uh, your senses, uh, you know, and where, where you compute your universe, you know, between your ears, you know, where, where you make sense of this uh, vibration in the air, you know, of information and everything that comes into your retina is processed in, in your mind. That That's where you go with the psychedelic and that's what the psychedelic affects. You know, so with increased doses, you know, that it's good to have a coach or know what you're, what you're getting into. What we see also is that a lot of, uh, for instance, MMA fighters use it during training because it, it, it brings you more in tune with your intuition mm. uh, than, uh, so, you know, to, to escape the mind more. But it's never, it's never a feel-good pill, you know. People should not, not really uh, see it that way. It's also not addictive. Uh, you don't, you know, if you give me truffles, I have resistance to taking it. I think everyone has, you know, and it's uh, because it automatically confronts you with your ego, you know, which is uh, always unpleasant, <laughs> very much so in my case. And uh, but, but you know, it corrects you. You suddenly you see this mirror of yourself, and it, uh, and that 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 can be much, you know. That that is what psychedelic can do. You know, it can teach you a lesson. It's going to teach you a lesson in ways that you will, you know, behave. You know, or or see how previous uh, trauma has affected you in a way that you, you know, respond in a certain way. You know, and then you can heal those insights often. You know, so that's that's how the behavior is changed. I think neurologically, the modality of help like the the pathway of awareness it's very very similar to peer support groups in peer support groups it is a safe place to look in the mirror because when you see yourself in others 
uh, via a peer support group, you you start to have those aha moments. You start to realize like, oh, that's how I'm behaving. Oh, I see now. I see this this way of looking at the world is actually toxic and not helpful. And uh, I'm the problem. Damn it. (laughs) Nobody told me. It's it's a similar uh, self-awareness because first is the self-awareness. And people always get upset uh, when you tell them they're not self-aware. They get angry at you. I'm self-aware. Yeah, well, if you're getting angry angry at at the idea of it, you're probably not. And through that self-awareness, you become situationally aware and, uh, and you start to understand ha- your impact on others. And this has been the theme of numerous types of modalities of therapy, whether it be psilocybin, uh, peer support, equine-assisted therapy, working with the horses. You are learning about your energy, the energy of the horse, and, how, and the interplay between the two energy bubbles. And... Yeah. It is learning the stuff, the stuff that is uh, dismissed as hairy fairy woo woo. <laughs> it's like no, this this yeah. is real stuff. This is how it works, and this yeah. is your impact on the world. And yeah. um, that that situation, that situational awareness that is created through self awareness, is the healing in so many ways. Yeah, I mean, you know. Science doesn't explain everything in our reality, and our reality is mostly about feeling, you know, so you cannot really quantify that. But everyone knows that when you're standing somewhere and you feel a stare, you, you turn around and you look exactly at that person. No one can explain how that works, you know. So <laughs> That's right. there's a lot we don't know, and, and there's a lot that we study in universities and philosophies, but, you know, it was never consciousness, you know, only in, in old sacred texts, you know, and recently... Because it really stands very close, you know, these psychedelics, you can see them as lenses to see things and experience, have, have an experience that is very much unlike a, 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 any human experience uh, that can teach you something, that, that, that you can see things, you know, and these experiences are, can be very intense. Uh, um, yeah, described by nine, by eight out of ten veterans as the most significant experience of, of their lives. You know, so how do you take that back? You know, into your to your to your to your old world. You know, so how do you what 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 do you do with with those insights? This is where therapy really really comes in uh, and and helps you stay on the right track. You know, keep 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 feeling that, that moral compass. I can hear a lot of activity uh, going on in your background there. Yes. I don't know what that is, actually. (laughs) That's all right. Uh, Tell me about the... uh, I was reading on your website that you also participate in walking therapy. What's that about? Yeah, that was uh, actually uh, years before I started working with uh, psychedelics. So I was a walking coach in in the Amsterdam version of the Central Park. And, uh, and then I had clients and I went walking with them, you know, and saying opposites or having a real uh, therapist role, you know. I would just have conversations with, uh, with people and provide a refreshing perspectives mostly is what I do. So how do you yeah. turn that into therapy um, as opposed to just regular old walking? 
What's the difference? Yeah, I think most of these things have a, uh, an effect on people where they feel more empowered. You know, they get out of their s- sleepy habits, you know, and have a refreshing view of themselves. Uh, but but often, you know, it, it it doesn't heal people because ultimately you you have to look in the mirror, you know, and see why you're dealing with what what you're dealing with, you know. So that and why why. And this is getting out of your comfort zone, you know. The, the 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 boundary of your comfort zone is where 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 it's not healed. That's where we have the foot on the brake, because of security, <laughs> you know. So why why do we have these inhibitions, you know? So then you start to be aware of them, and then you start to understand what fear quote unquote fear uh, lies lies beneath, you know, because that. Those are how I see the dynamics working, and it's 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 through you know experimentation uh, in safe conditions, you know, to to get out of your comfort zone, get that positively reaffirmed, so you can expand your comfort zone and you can ease uh, anxiety. But but a lot of times we fall back on uh, on habits because they feel more safe, and, and but then you don't give you know, the healing process, uh, a chance. And, and why is that? Because then you have to feel vulnerable. You know, and there was this research done by Brene Brown that says that, uh, yeah, what, what leads to happiness? Ultimately, the conclusion was, you know, being vulnerable. Because if you can just drop all those defenses and nothing happens and you can still dance in the moonlight, you know, uh, then, of course, you know, you, you, you feel less, less, more inner peace, let's call it that way. And again, you've, you've touched on one of the most important parts of healing is to be vulnerable. And that's the power of this show, because they hear people just telling the truth, being vulnerable, and having the courage to do that. It takes tremendous courage. And they hear more than just my story. They hear the stories of others and what it took for them to put their hand up and say, yes, I need help. That vulnerability yeah. empowers other people. And that's why I call it recover out loud. When you recover out loud and you expose your vulnerability for all to see, that gives inspiration and courage to so many others. Simply uh, telling your story and uh, or sharing somebody else's story uh, by sharing episodes of the show or, or some similar one. That vulnerability is uh, is really what it takes. Like any twelve step program, uh, number one, you have to admit and pronounce that yes, I have a problem <laughs> and I need some help. And that's the case with any healing journey. You have to acknowledge that there is an issue that requires some attention. That's always got to be the first step. Yeah, I think everyone can recognize uh, the quality of their relationships with the people around them, you know. If they've been better in the past, you know, you, you know that, that you can take that road, you know. It's it's okay, you know. It's about also, I think people carry a lot of guilt, you know, and shame and, and facing up to it can be a very big step, you know, to exposing you, to acknowledge it. Eh? To acknowledge pain is already a big step. And I think uh, with with so much addiction and 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 uh, 
yeah, or the trauma in the veteran community. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's this awareness, you know, is uh, is is very important. I, I like what you said too about just look at the quality of your relationships before and after an event or military service. That really helps me actually because, as I said earlier, the injury is disconnection. Well, what is disconnection? What's the quality of your relationship? The more connection, the better the relationship. The less connection, mm-hmm. the, the lower the quality mm-hmm. of the of the relationship or intimacy. Yeah. So the yeah. more uh, ability you have for to be intimate and vulnerable, that is all connection. If you do not have the ability to be intimate or vulnerable, that is disconnection. Uh, people talk yeah. about the numbness where they can't even... Uh, when I knew I was in deep water... Oh my God, that's loud. That's construction right outside your window. Yes. Um, that is very unfortunate. <laughs> yes. I think we're going to have to end. I think we'll have to end our conversation right here. But we'll okay. we'll we'll pick it up on on a non construction day, Luke. Okay. I'm very sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow, uh, that's something. Cool. They're fixing a table. <laughs> that that's all right. Very unfortunate. But we'll do this again, Luke. Okay. <laughs> the circular <laughs> saw is going is going to town. <laughs> all right, Luke. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You all go. And you, <laughs> until next time. All right, brother. You take care. <laughs> Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Now I've got a favor to ask you. And I know everybody asks for the same favor, but it's really, really important. If you can help, do your little bit by going to Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating and a comment. That would be awesome. Also, on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or whatever floats your boat and blows your hair back, please click follow. And if there's an option there for rating, please do so. And this is why. Every time you click like, leave a rating, leave a comment, what happens is that it makes it easier for other people to find this podcast. The help that you can't find doesn't help at all. So help other people find this so that they can help themselves. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring. Thank you.